Hello, it's the year 2024, and I'm here to tell you that we're doing a live 100th episode, August the 3rd, at Comedy Republic in Melbourne. It's going to be so much fun. Tickets are going quick, so grab them now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Welcome to Who Knew It with Matt Stewart, the show where the guests write the wrong answers. I'm the titular Matt Stewart, and this week I'm joined by comedians and friends Jess Perkins and Dave Warnicky. Yes, Dave and I are friends. Hello, it's confirmed. <laughs> we shake hands a lot. First time listeners might be wondering what this show is and how does it work. Well, it's pretty simple, really. <laughs> Who are you and what are you doing in my house? <laughs> Uh, so I ask a relatively obscure trivia question and our contestants have to write a convincing fake answer. I then read their answers as well as the real one and they have to guess which one is correct. Okay. Okay. Are we ready to play? Yes. Super ready. Question number one. Okay. What does Spanghu mean? <laughs> Spanghu. What does Spanghu mean? Spanghu. Okay. What is Spanghu mean? Uh, this question comes from listener Millie Grieve Putland. And to help me understand how to say the name, Millie put in brackets, like sad mini golf, Grieve Putland, <laughs> which was very helpful, actually. Thank you so much. And Millie is from Thornbury in Melbourne. While they're writing their answers, I'll explain how the scoring works. You get one point if your fake answer is guessed by the other contestant and another point if you correctly guess the answer. By the way, I'm also playing as the house... I've put in two of my own fake answers for each question, often with the help of the question writers, and I get a point for each of those that our guests choose. So each of us can score up to two points per round. It seems pretty fair, but apparently the probability favours me, the house, and the house always wins. Uh, if you've listened to previous episodes, of course, you'll know this is not always the case. Now, anyway. Thank goodness, because we are starting a revolution, aren't we, just against the house. We're oh bringing God. it down yeah. no. to its knees. Fuck you, house, we oh say. Oh, my God. And then we are setting fire to the house. We're looting it. I've just made Dave and I matching T-shirts. It says, fuck you, house. Oh. Yeah, I love uh, wearing mine. <laughs> <laughs> Out and about. I love wearing the market. Mine says, fuck you, house. And Dave says, no, fuck you. <laughs> Assuming the house says fuck you. Yeah, that's in right. Between. But people in the, on the street Are we go, swearing on this? <laughs> people on the street get offended because they just see me wearing a shirt that says no fuck you. Yeah, but I said put a jacket on. Most people don't swear on this, but you two certainly do. Gosh, I hope he has to beep them. <laughs> that's the extra work for the house. Does the house edit this? Uh, the house does edit <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah, great. Keep swearing, Jess. <laughs> so Dave's answer is in. I should say also, our questions come from our great Patreon supporters. If you want to submit a question, sign up on any level via patreon.com slash dogoonpod, which is linked in the show notes. I think Jess is uh, like writing a tome over there. What's a tome? <laughs> a long book. <laughs> I don't know what that is because I'm Fine. not a nerd. Question two, what is a tome? <laughs> I've got mine in, so shut up, nerd. Well done, nerd. <gasps> 
Takes one to know one. No, fuck you. <laughs> That's my shirt. I can't believe this alliance is already falling apart. No. Yeah. Gosh, this happens a lot when rivals come together to take out an enemy. We're incredibly weak. Very vain people. Very vain people. But mm-hmm. also incredibly good looking. That is that too, <laughs> yes. So it's, it's God, a, we're hot. Oh my God, what a great combo. We're hot and we know it. We, exactly. <laughs> We're not losing our looks, we're gaining our looks. (laughs) All right, all the answers are in. So here is question number one. What does Spanghu mean? Here are your options. The bait used on a mousetrap, a hybrid language combining words and idioms from both Spanish and Hebrew. Ooh. Ooh. That's good. The result of the first voice-to-text transcription of a sneeze, to throw violently into the air, especially a frog from the end of a stick. (laughs) (laughs) Spanghu. Or a tool attached to a horse's saddle, usually used to hold the reins in place when the rider needs their hands to be free or if they disembark the horse. (laughs) (laughs) Or... (laughs) Disembarking a horse. I know, you you don't often get an or in the dictionary, do you? Can we have those again? So you've got the bait used on a mousetrap, a hybrid language combining words and idioms from both Spanish and Hebrew. It's an interesting combo. The result of the first voice-to-text transcription of a sneeze. That's pretty funny. To throw violently into the air, especially a frog from the end of a stick. As in like you're, is it like a verb? Like are you, fli- are you. Spang hewing. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. A frog on a stick. How you get, is it, is the frog hanging on for dear life or have you stabbed the frog? I don't think you've stabbed it. I think you're like, it's your favourite stick and you're just walking around with your oh, favourite yeah. stick. You look down, there's a frog on it mm. and you're like, ah! Spang you. And you give it a flick. You, you spang you. You give it a spang you. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure. Sounds no frogs specific. are injured. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, English has come up with some pretty specific words. Or finally, a tool attached to a horse's saddle usually used to hold the reins in place when the rider needs their hands to be free or if they disembark the horse. All right, Dave, what are you thinking? Chuck us the spang you. Trying to use in a sentence. Yeah. Oh, no, that was a spang you. Voice to text. Spang you. Spanish and Hebrew, very clever, but I'm not sure... I'm looking at that, the way it's spelled, S-P-A-N-G-H-E-W. Where's the G coming from there? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. Spanku, Spanish, Hebrew. Yeah, Spanglish. Yeah. The G's from the English, I guess. Yeah, you're right, you're right. That's. Uh, but maybe it's maybe it evolved after that. It's an homage to Spanglish. Mm, that is nice. <laughs> the horse one, that's quite long, but it, I can also say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, and I'm wondering why, why, why is that like that? Um, but I am also thinking that, you know, that seems the most legit use of the word spangy. I can see that being a thing. Yeah. On, on a horse's saddle. Yeah. Unless you're in that world, you don't know what each no, particular piece we're... is called. And then what were the other ones? Mousetrap? So yeah, mousetrap. I think it's mousetrap. Hybrid language. No. Uh, sneeze, voice text. Fuck, I want it to be that throwing one. Throwing violently into the air or the horse's saddle tool. I'm going to go with a horse. Horse for Dave. JP. Oh, I don't think it is. Oh, I'm going to go the sneeze one. Sneeze one for Bop. That's great wishful thinking because we all want it. I think that's pretty funny. And it feels like one of those things you'd read like in a little <laughs> fun fact or something. I'm trying to think how I'd sneeze. I'm more of a chuff, I think. I'm, a, a, I'm a real achoo. Spank you. Yeah. Spank you. Oh, I'm yeah, a real spank hewer. All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. The bait used on a mousetrap, that was Dave Warnicky. That was me. Spang you. Spang you. I imagine what does Spang you make me think of it? It made me think of a mousetrap. Yeah. Uh, the combined language of Spanish and Hebrew, that was the house. Ah, That's a good one. It's really good. Very it nearly, believable. You, it nearly had me until Dave dissected it a little bit. 
That was uh, that. Yeah, these these ones uh, were from Millie, the question writer. Excellent work, Millie. Really good. Uh, she also wrote the result of the first voice to text transcription of ah, a sneeze. Well done. That we'll, is very funny. We'll never trust you again, Millie. But well done. Uh, the tool attached to the horse's saddle. That was bop. No way. Meaning Sucked the correct in. answer is to throw violently into the no. air, especially a frog from the end of a stick. Thank what, you. what do you mean especially? What is that? How? Why is that needed? Yeah. It was, I'll talk about it in a second, but yeah, it's a very yeah, specific word. Isn't it wild that that was, it happened enough that there was a word was for a word it. For that it. felt yeah. the least likely to me. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was because it was so specific, mm. as in like particularly a frog, and you're like, what the you're fuck? Like, what? That's good. Quick score check. Dave, zero points. Jess in the house on one point. All right, here we go to question number two. This one comes from Emmy White from the Lost Colony of Roanoke. Oh, my goodness. And the question is, Great Dwayne Hansen broke what world record on his 60th birthday? Dwayne Hansen broke what world record on his 60th birthday? While you're writing your answers, here is some more information on the word spanghu. According to Concerning Writing, a blog, there is a paragraph in the 1846 book called A Glossary of North Country Words with their etymology and affinity to other languages and occasional notices of local customs and popular superstitions, volume two. Every librarian hates that book. Too long! What are you doing? It was written by John Trotter Brockett and William Edward Brockett. Okay. In this book, there's a paragraph about how one goes about spanghewing. Apparently, a person would place a long wooden board on a stepping stone, place the frog or toad on one end of the board, and then with a club, strike the free end of the board, sending the creature flying through the air to its doom. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, go- I'm over here. That is, to that? its doom, so you are expecting it to die. Yeah, and it, it just seems like it was a for some point in time it was a bit of a fad. I can't believe, yes, spang you. I'm going to try and use that in my everyday. If that comes up in your word of the day dictionary, you have to try and use that. Yeah, spang you. All right, here is question number two. All right, so here is question number two. Dwayne Hansen broke what world record on his 60th birthday? Here are your five options. The oldest person to run 100 metres in under 12 seconds. He smelled 80 cents in a minute. That's more than a cent per second. He what? Smelled 80 cents in a minute. That's more than one cent per second. Uh, Sitting on a photocopier printing nonstop copies of his ass for 24 hours straight. (laughs) The longest journey by pumpkin boat or the longest fart underwater. (laughs) I could go for the record of sitting on a photocopier mm. because, like, sure, your ass is occupied, but you could still be snacking, yeah. reading, playing video games. And I guess you'd have to have a team filling the paper. I'm also just realising how do you piss or shit. Yeah, piss or shit. And yes. I mean, you could, but you would just get copies of it. <laughs> Everyone would. Can you? Could you sit anywhere for 24 hours straight, let alone on a glass photocopier? That would not be comfortable. No, you're right. Look, I'm not saying that Dwayne can't do it. I'm just saying you can't do it. So far, the the I biggest issue I found was the uh, filling the paper, but you're right. The, Pissing and other things are. What The scent one, I got, I misunderstood, the, uh, you know, I thought of the wrong scent me at too, first. Me too, me mm. too. you meant like dollars and cents. But you but meant also like oh yeah, different. 80 cents. How do you measure how many cents somebody smells? Mm. Like unless they're yelling it out like, coffee beans, 
Coffee beans. Coffee beans, feet. Oh, you have to say what it is, feet. Because you can't do that. Daffodils. Yeah. Microphone. And 80 in a minute, that would be, I mean, just to say 80 words in a minute. Can't say 80 tough. words in a minute. What if they were all different types of poo and you said poo, 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 Is that what Dwayne Hanson did? Can we hear them all again, please? Oldest person to run 100 metres in under 12 seconds. That's, that's, 12 that's, seconds is quick. That's quick. Smelt 80 cents in a minute. But I, but also like an 80-year-old probably couldn't do it that fast. So I understand a 60-year-old might mm. be the oldest to still be able to do it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But there oh, are some yeah. pretty fit older older people. Yeah, but 12, sub 12? Sub 12 is really, really quick. 80 yeah. cents in a minute. Yeah, yeah, that's more than one cent per second. Yeah. Uh, sitting on a photocopy of printing nonstop copies of his ass for 24 <laughs> hours straight. That's good stuff. <laughs> that's so many pages. Longest journey by pumpkin boat. Or longest fart underwater. <laughs> I wonder if that's longest in time or distance. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Wow, that makes you think. <laughs> <laughs> what are you thinking, Bob? Um, they're either uh, from our, uh, you know, our run-ins with Guin- Guinness Book of World Records. It's either something kind of bland or really specific and strange, mm. which all of these fall into. Yeah. I don't think it's the sense one, mostly because I didn't it understand it. I didn't get, but maybe if you see that, if you saw that written down in the Guinness Book of Records, you probably understand it more. Wouldn't maybe, you? Yeah. maybe, yeah. And they'd probably have some follow-up information. And like the running 100 metres is... Um, yeah, it's believable. Believable, but again, a bit bland, but some of them are bland. And mm. like, I, and what was the um, pumpkin boat? Longest journey by pumpkin boat. Or longest fart underwater, or the photocopy one. I'm going to go pumpkin boat. Pumpkin, pumpkin boat, boat. For Bob. Any it's thoughts here, guess. Dave? I'm also tempted by a pumpkin boat, I must yeah. admit. Between that, I want the photocopy to be real, and then I imagine that he sold them all to charity. <laughs> <laughs> framed. <laughs> signed them all, signed and framed. Put a little oh, smiley face that's on That's a Dwayne Hansen original. <laughs> uh, happy 60th birthday. I think um, pumpkin boat... Uh, that sounds like something that would be in the Guinness Book of Records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pumpkin boat? Can't go wrong with a pumpkin boat. Walking that was that was my gut feeling. The other ones, they never quite grabbed me. Okay. Well, let's go okay, through. Okay, a bit brutal. I wrote one of them. Who yeah. wrote them down? <laughs> Did you write they the pumpkin boat? They were all very boring and dull. Oldest person to run 100 metres in under 12 seconds. That was Jess Perkins. Oh, okay. You really uh, <laughs> talked the logic up of that one. That's definitely believable because <laughs> an 80-year-old can do that. Well, you started to talk about it, so I thought, well, if I can help him that's choose it. That's all part of the game, Dave. Don't shame. Don't game shame, please. Yeah, that's part. I'm trash talking my opponent. Part of the game. <laughs> you trying to game shame me? Yeah. Well, I'll game shame the game show host. <laughs> Uh, smelled 80 cents in a minute. That was the house. Can the house explain themselves? No, I, I mean, I try and have one that's stupid in each one. Yeah, that's more than one cent. Normally these world record ones, I try to put one in that is basically nonsensical and I just think, you know, if they if, if they can't crack the code here, that's on them. Yeah. Sitting on the photocopy of printing nonstop copies of his ass. <laughs> that was also the house. the house. I'd love to know that is a real record though because that's awesome. Longest fart underwater was Dave Warnicky, <laughs> yes. meaning the correct answer was longest journey by pumpkin boat. Yes, no points pumpkin for the house. Boat. Well done, Jess. One point to both Jess and yes. Dave. Yes, take that house. Meaning you the, dumb shit. The scores. <laughs> hey, the, house. Yes. Fuck you. No, I think that's fair enough. <laughs> I think that's very. Yes. I think that's right on, man. <laughs> are you a house or are you a shit house? <laughs> Got him. Got him. Uh, so Sucked in shit house. Score update after two rounds. The house on one point, Dave on one point, but out in front on two points is Jess Perkins. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. All right. 
So I'm interested to hear the details of Dwayne Hansen's pumpkin boat record. Yeah. So we're up to question number three. This one was written by Steve Kaiser. Rhymes with laser. Steve Kaiser <laughs> from Sydney, Ohio. Ooh, God's country itself. And the question is, what was the nickname of early 1900s baseball and basketball <laughs> legend Cumberland Posey Jr.? <laughs> wow. And he's a baseball and basketball legend. That's great. Yeah. Cumberland, Cumberland Posey Jr. Yeah, I think especially known for his baseball, but was also a very, very good basketball. Played professional basketball as well. All right. My answer is in. <laughs> Fantastic. <Okay>. Now, <laughs> while you're writing your answers, I'll let audiences know a little bit more about this pumpkin record. Reporting for newsforjacks.com, reporter Carrie-Anne Luter wrote, a man in Nebraska just broke a Guinness World Record by rowing himself down the Missouri River in a hollowed-out pumpkin. It's huge. Like, the photos of it are fantastic. Wow. Uh, Dwayne Hansen paddled 38 miles in his pumpkin on Saturday to celebrate his 60th birthday. CNN How reported. far? 38 miles. <laughs> That's too far. <laughs> too far on a pumpkin. Oh, my God. I thought it was going to be like 100 metres because <laughs> yeah. surely it would only have to be 100 metres to beat the record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now you have to paddle 39 miles, I guess. I couldn't do that in a regular boat with an engine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he set out from the city of Bellevue at 7.30am and arrived in Nebraska City about 11 hours later. The makeshift vessel had the name SS Berta written on the back and a cup holder carved into the hull. <laughs> the previous Guinness World Record for the longest journey by pumpkin boat was set in 2018 when a man paddled 25 and a half miles. So he smashed the record. Wow. Okay, so it was a legit record. Yeah. Berta, the pumpkin, weighed 846 pounds. Okay, I'm looking at an image of it now. It's big, but, like, it doesn't look comfortable to be in. No, not at all. That's a big-ass pumpkin. That's in, that is truly incredible. 11 hours. All right. Your answers are in. So question number three. What was the nickname of early 1900s baseball and basketball legend Cumberland Posey Jr.? You have five options. They are flower power. Oh, early 1900s? Come. <laughs> the human wardrobe. Kiwi Poju. Or Come Lord Junior. Once, can I have those again, please? Flower Power. Yep. Because Posey. Mm. Come, because his name's Cumberland. Cumberland. How is come spelled? C U M. And back in the day, that probably didn't mean come. Mm. <laughs> it just, just meant Cumberland. It's just a short If you said Cumberland. come back then, it meant this guy. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the human wardrobe. Is coming named after this guy? <laughs> Possibly. Uh, Kui Poju or Come Lord Junior. So you've got some fantastic options there. Jess, what are you thinking? Kind of thinking come or the human wardrobe. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go the human wardrobe. Human wardrobe for Bob. Fantastic selection. I'm looking at the name written down, Cumberland Poser Junior. Kui Poju. Kiwi Poju, yeah. Kiwi Poju. The other options are come, <laughs> come, Lord, come Lord Junior. The human wardrobe or flower power. Flower power. Obviously all fantastic options. I love them all. I'm thinking flower power. Yeah. Flower. I'm going to go with flower because of the posy. I'm now thinking human wardrobe could be the one that Dave wrote, but we'll soon find out. You could have written flower power too. Though I, you did get yours in so quick. I'm like, come, that's only three letters. <laughs> How do you? So you're happy with your answers? Yep. Locked in? Yep. Locked in. Locked and loaded. Lock them in. Much like Cumberland Posey Jr. <laughs> okay. 
Come Lord Junior. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> oh, you type quick. Come Lord. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Kui Poju. That was the house. The house. It's good though. Kui Poju. Flower Power. Also the house. Ooh. Oh my God. The human wardrobe was Dave Warnicky. I knew it. And the real name was Come. <laughs> So that means, I believe, one point for the house and one point for Dave Warnicky. Well done, Dave. You got me. Which means after three rounds, <laughs> the scores are tied at two apiece. Ooh. Wow. Three-way tie. I love that. This is a hot game. Come. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Just you- let it have a go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now it is time for question Number four, this one comes from David Loring. Sorry, David <laughs> Loring. He's written in for everyone's helped me out with the name today. Rhymes with boring, uh, <laughs> which is excellent for cruel childhood taunts. Oh, no. David Lord. Loring is from Hobart, Tasmania, and asks the following question. What were the last words uttered by murderer Thomas J. Grasso before his execution? Oh, my God. What were the last words uttered by Thomas J. Grasso before his execution? And while you're writing your answers, here's some more information about Calm, the uh, basketballer slash baseballer. According to Penn State's Black History website, Cumberland Cum Posey Jr. (laughs) enrolled at Penn State in 1909. He played on the freshman basketball team from 1909 to 1910 the varsity basketball team, 1910 to 1911, and the freshman baseball team in 1910. He left Penn State after just two years and joined the Monticello or Monticello Athletic Association, which later became the Loendi Big Five. By the following year, Posey was the star player and operator, which included managing, booking, and promoting of the club. Loendi won the Coloured Basketball World Championship four years in a row from 1920 to 1923. Posey went on to become one of the great entrepreneurs of professional sports. He played for and then owned the Pittsburgh-based Homestead Grays. Posey was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2006. Good on your cum. Absolute dominator by the sounds of it. Yeah, wow. On your cum. <laughs> Here is question number four. What were the last words uttered by murderer Thomas J. Grasso before his execution? Wait, wait, wait. I think I left the iron on. <laughs> I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got spaghetti. I want the press to know this. I'll be back and you'll be sorry. Mm. Oh, that's spooky. No, fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Or got any aspirin? I've got a killer headache. Oh, Oh, boy. Yeah, you've really got to get into the mind of a murderer now. Okay. All right. Done. (laughs) That was was, was very quick. That was concerningly quick. Um, Can we hear them one more time, please? Wait, wait, wait. I think I left the iron on. I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got spaghetti. I want the press to know this. I'll be back and you'll be sorry. That's creepy. No, fuck you. Mm, but that's, that's good. That's good stuff. That's good. Got any aspirin? I've got a killer headache. Uh, you go first this time, Dave. Okay. Hmm, it's tricky. It I is. panicked for half a second there, Jess, when you said you go first. I'm like, oh, which one? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, boy. I don't want to go first. (laughs) The house goes first. Oh, I've got the answer in front of me, thank God. (laughs) Wait, 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 I've left the iron on. Yeah. That's great stuff, but would a murderer do a good bit like that? Well, is it a good bit? But, like, you know, but a bit, you know, like, would you use your last words to be like, all right, I'll have a bit of fun here. Yeah. Or the the one after that is the SpaghettiOs. Yeah. 
I can see. I want the press to know. I want the press to know. That makes it feel real. Then what's number three, Matt? I'll be back and you'll be sorry. Mm, that's good. It's quite menacing. But I also feel like would it be remarkable enough to put on this show, you know? I feel like <laughs> a lot of people probably throw out a thread yeah. as they're going up there. Do we know how he was executed? Mate, they're going down there. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay, that's okay. Uh, no fuck you, the ultimate response. You can't, <laughs> they can't, they've got nothing back. Whatever they yeah. say, what can you say, I repeat, no fuck you. Mm. There's no rebuttal to that. And then him going for a, a, a joke. Again, I feel like I want I want him to go for a joke. First one or the fifth one. Yeah, that's sort of what I was thinking too. But then SpaghettiOs is funny, but not you're not laughing with him, are but you? But also it's like the 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 pettiness of it kind of suits a murderer, you know? Yeah. Of like not not they're not he's not even worried that he's uh he's about to die. He's just like, I want the press to know that I was <laughs> wronged. I, I want a spaghetti. What, what is it? I want a spaghettios, but I got spaghetti. Yeah. Mm. I want the press to know. I like that one. I'm going to go with spaghetti. <laughs> Good choice. Spaghetti for days. So it's you? Yeah. <laughs> I'd change your answer if I okay. were you. Hang on. Can I? No. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a no fuck you. <laughs> I would change it to no fuck you. That one to me sounds the most compelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jess, what do you think? Just because that, that just happens to also be one of your catchphrases. Not mine. It's one of Dave's catchphrases. Oh, that's yeah. one of Dave's. That's, I've got, are you seeing it on the T-shirt I'm wearing right now? Oh, that's right. Just read that out for me. Sorry. That's no, right. fuck you. That's right. That okay. is one of Dave's. I get you too confused. I know. We're the same. Uh, what are you thinking, Bob? <clears throat> I think I'm going to go for, oh, yeah, you're right, Dave. It's 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 like one or five. I'm going to go for I've left the iron on. I want it to be that one. But. Wait, wait, wait. I've left the iron on. <laughs> yeah, it feels like. Especially if they're like, you know, they're pulling the, the noose or something like that. Yeah. If you're saying that, you're probably not getting a laugh out loud, but people are saying, huh, you thought about that. All right. Let's Imagine go. bombing just before you die. That would suck, yeah. actually. It's a real risk. That feels right. He's a murderer. All right. So he was a bummer. <laughs> so here is who wrote the answers. Got any aspirin? I've got a killer headache. That was Dave Warnicky. Oh, that is me. Uh, you tried to trick me. And you that, son of a bitch. <laughs> no, we did roll your eyes when that one was read out. No, I did feel a bit offended. And I'm like, that's thought, pretty good stuff. I thought it was a lame joke. That's pretty good stuff. That's pretty good. <laughs> I was like, he thought about that in his cell and thought this will be so funny. Yeah, what but it feels a fucking like, loser. Um, it's also uh, something that I've just realised, and I didn't think this until now, John McClane in Die Hard 2 says it. Uh, when he looks like he's he's about to get blown up and he uh, asks the enemy who's leaving him, like, hey, I've got have had a fucking killer headache all day. You got any aspirin? And Jeremy Irons, the bad guy, goes... <laughs> Yeah, like you're about to be blown up, whatever, and throws him some aspirin, and that becomes a key plot line. And I've only uh. realised I've just lifted a diehard joke, which <laughs> Jess didn't even like. <laughs> uh, no, fuck you. That was Jess Perkins. Can you believe? What? I know. You used one of my catchphrases? Yeah. I'll be back and you'll be sorry. That was the house. That's mm. spooky. Yeah, the house is pretty threatening, so I can imagine that. that uh, wait, happen. wait, wait. I think I left the iron on also the house. No. Oh. The correct answer was I did not get my spaghetti. Oh, no. I got spaghetti. I want the press to know. <laughs> wow. Wow. Thomas J. Grasso. Grasso is a pretty funny name too. Have you ever had SpaghettiOs? I don't think I have. No, I haven't. Yeah, I, I imagine it's like tin spaghetti though, which I've had. Yeah. yeah, it's sort of like tomato soup with like really soft spaghetti. Yeah. Slightly rubbery yeah. spaghetti. Good in a toasty, let me tell you yeah, that much. That does sound good in a toasty. Fucking Made so for good. a toasty, Delish. really, isn't it? I mean, a jaffle. Right? Yeah. A jaffle. Oh, yeah. So it contains it all in there. 
Makes them piping hot. I also had a gig on Monday night where there was a New Zealand comedian who'd never heard the phrase jaffle before. Yeah, and we right. all agreed that that sounded like the most New Zealand thing ever. Totally. I mean, they call thongs jandles. Yes. Maybe that's what I was getting. We were all thinking, surely you invented the jaffle. Yeah. You had no idea. All right. That means uh, we are up to question number five. A quick score update, of course, has Jess on two and Dave in the house both on three points. That feels pretty sexist to me. <laughs> To leave the woman behind. I think the house and Dave are being real misogies over here. Oh, no. Don't lump me in with that misogynist over there. <laughs> uh, so this question comes Let from... women win. <laughs> <laughs> There's still three questions to go. Okay. This one comes from Sasha Eisenstadt of Belfast. And the question is, the Swedish have a very interesting tradition when it comes to raising their kids. What is it? The Swedish have a very interesting tradition when it comes to raising their kids. What is it? And while you're writing your answers, here's a little bit more information on Thomas J. Grasso. (laughs) (laughs) It's always a good sign. No, I don't know if it is that time. That could be wrong. Um, So Thomas J. Grasso was a murderer, murdered two people in two different states and in 1995, he was executed in Oklahoma by lethal injection. This is from a website called lastmeals.fandom, which is pretty wild that it exists. Uh, his last meal request was two dozen steamed mussels, two dozen steamed clams with a lemon wedge, a double cheeseburger from Burger King, half a dozen barbecued spare ribs, two strawberry milkshakes, half a pumpkin pie with whipped cream and diced strawberries, and a can of SpaghettiOs and meatballs served at room temperature. Grasso (laughs) asked for SpaghettiOs, but instead of SpaghettiOs, he got spaghetti and meatballs. And his last words were, I did not get my SpaghettiOs. I got spaghetti. I want the press to know this. He died an unhappy man. Any ideas what you'd have in your final meal, Matt? Uh, If I'd just killed someone. No, just if... uh... (laughs) If you just knew you were about to... Yeah, yeah. Die? Uh, It's a tricky one. I think uh, Vietnetta ice cream would be involved. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, an entire one. That's it. That <laughs> yeah. is a sick order. They're like, oh, anything else? Nah. <laughs> that? I don't even need a spoon. Yeah, maybe. Need prob- it my hands. Probably some sort of pasta meal. Sauce with uh, mushrooms and olives. I mean, that's something you make quite regularly. Yeah. Would you want it to just be something you make all the time or would you want it to be something a bit special? I, I don't know. You know, I, I like to think that I... I'm living my life. Uh, well, you're not. You're about to die. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I'm just, I mean, I'm I'm eating now as if, you know, what I want to eat every day. You know what I would do is I would, um, if I had a food allergy, I'd just ask for that thing. All oh, right, so you die with diarrhea. <laughs> 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 Clean this up, Bill. <laughs> is, is Bill the helper? <laughs> Bill's like the executor. <laughs> Old Bill. Executioner. Well, she died doing what she loved. <laughs> Shitting everywhere. <laughs> Pooping her guts out. Yeah. That's our girl. Time into a chair. You're going to have to, you'll have to get the high pressure hose for this one, Bill. <laughs> what is the song about you two when you come together? It's always poop and stuff. <laughs> As if this episode, this show doesn't always just divulge into poop. Divulge? Devolve. I said the wrong word. Anyway, <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Poop and shit. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. The question <laughs> number five. <laughs> Is the Swedish have a very interesting tradition when it comes to raising their kids? What is it? Teaching them to ride a bike when they are one month old. Oh, they do love Gotta a bike in Scandinavia. They love that. Shoes aren't worn until children's fifth birthday when they receive a golden pear. A little bit of snow is mixed into children's food during the winter. <laughs> For nap times, the babies are placed in their prams outside, even in winter. And they are not allowed to legally drink alcohol until they have tamed their first reindeer. <laughs> <laughs> They're not legally allowed to drink alcohol until they've tamed their first reindeer. Well, I'm going to lock that one. In. <laughs> that one sounds good. Yeah, that, I mean, they all sound fantastic. None of these seem realistic, though. I was going to write one about shoes, or maybe did I? I wonder if they're golden, like like literally made out of gold or just gold in colour. And the snow one, was that half? I felt, I felt like there was, that one went straight into another one. Oh, I can't sorry. tell if they were different. No, they were, yeah, well, they were Just a little bit of food, is, snow is mixed into their food. Yeah. I'll give you them again. <laughs> Hydration. Uh, number, option one, teaching them to ride a bike when they are one month old. Yeah. Number two, shoes aren't worn until a child's fifth birthday when they receive a golden pair. <laughs> number three, a little bit of snow is mixed into children's food during the winter. Number four, for nap times, the babies are placed in their prams outside even in winter. Or number five, they are not allowed to legally drink alcohol until they have tamed their first reindeer. Well, obviously, reindeer are from that part of the world. Mm-hmm. That's right. So I'm ruling that one in. Mm-hmm. Taming them? The snow one, but they're not having snow all the year round. Something like, is it just a little bit of snow every, you know, during winter? Why? Does that make you more resistant to the snow? But I suppose that's why it could be an interesting tradition. Um, golden pair. Golden pair, yeah, of shoes. And the other, what was the fourth and fifth? Uh, nap times. For nap times, the babies are placed in their prams outside. Or they, and the last one is the reindeer one. And the first one's the bike one. Oh, the bike one, that's right. Well, at one month, at you can't one even month. hold their head up. Yes, that is, <laughs> but maybe, is it that they, What's the phrasing of it? That they ride a bike at one month? Teaching them to ride a bike when they are one month old. Yeah. When I, because I went to neighboring Denmark a few months ago, and we had like a walking tour guide, and he said that he owned four bikes. Right. One one was like a winter bike, one was a mountain bike, and really? then he had two backup bikes. A like they're bike. everywhere. And I'm thinking, like, you know, and he said that they're a mass, massive part of their, their culture. But then there's the pram one. I was watching a show set in Denmark not that long ago and there I there was a scene where a kid was outside in a pram and it was left alone and I thought that was weird. I don't know if it was winter, but that has that's coming to mind, that scene. So I'm mm. going to say pram. Pram for Dave. I'm also saying pram. Two prams. What's your reasoning for pram? Saw it on TikTok. Ah. Ah, yes. Okay, yeah. It's and like I, an American or an, or an English person living in either Denmark or Sweden. I thought Sweden. And they commented on that. Even at the time, so the the show's Borgen, and then oh yeah, good good show. You seen that? The, yeah. show, the show's Borgen. Borgen, and one of them, they, this couple have a kid. 
she says to oh where's gustav and he said oh he's just outside sleeping and i was like sorry what <laughs> yeah mm. uh all right let's go through the answers they're not legally allowed to drink alcohol till they've tamed the first reindeer. That was Jess Perkins. <laughs> wow, you're really good at hiding your flavour. I find my own humour delightful. <laughs> Sue me. Teaching them to ride a bike when they're one month old. That was the house. Uh, shoes aren't worn until a child's fifth birthday when they receive a golden pair. That was David at uh, Dave Vornicke. Literally, I was going to write something about they're not allowed to wear shoes until. No. Yes, genuinely. No. Get out of my head. And then I changed to reindeer. Yeah, nice. I was also going to write that, actually. I was thinking they can't drink alcohol until they tame a reindeer. Okay. That's why. Now you're just being patronizing. <laughs> I genuinely was going to write something about shoes. What? I don't know what you're talking about. You were going to write, you have to tame a reindeer in order to drink up. I'm trying to have a bit of fun. Somebody's got to be having some fun. Thank you, Jess. The show's boring. Thanks for bringing us if some fun. We're, if we're all just sitting here going, I think it is. <laughs> Somebody needs to be being a bit of a dickhead. And I'm taking a bullet for the team. Yep. And uh, also complaining that women aren't winning. So <laughs> interesting. I'm not complaining that women aren't winning. I'm being. I'm complaining that women aren't being let win. <laughs> yeah, there is a the difference. The way it should be, yes. Uh, a little bit of snow is mixed into children's food during the winter. That was the house, meaning the correct answer, as you both seem to know, was for nap times. The babies are placed in their prams even in the winter. Just left outside. What is going on? But also love that they trust their society so totally. much that they just leave them out there. Nobody's going to take your kid. So that means the scores after five rounds, two rounds ago, Jess on three points. House on three points. But out in front on four points, it's Dave Warnicke. Yeah, we found the misogynist, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I can't win. Correct. I cannot win now. Correct. The way you want it. That's right. A man not winning. Correct. Sometimes in order to, you know, correct a problem, you got to overcorrect for a bit. So you got to let me win. Okay. Be a gentleman. Let me win. It's a great point. Hand it to me. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> All right. That means we're up to question number Six. Second last question. This one comes from Kerry John Jones from Wales. And Kerry's question is, what controversy did the mascots get up to during the Swansea City versus Millwall football match on Feb the 11th, 2001? So the Millwall's mascot is Zampa the Lion and Swansea City's mascot is Cyril the Swan. Cyril the Swan and Zampa the Lion. Jess's answer is already in. Mm-hmm. Uh, while you're writing your answers, Dave, uh, here's a BBC article from 2013 talking about the Swedish pram tradition. Daytime temperatures in winter in Stockholm have regularly dropped to negative five degrees Celsius, but it's still common to see children left outside by their parents for a sleep in the pram. I think it's good for them to be in the fresh air as soon as possible, says Lisa Marden, a mother of three from Stockholm, especially in winter when there's lots of diseases going around. The kids seem healthier. Her children have been sleeping outside since they were born. The youngest, Alfred, is two and she puts him outside in the pram to nap once a day. This isn't a recent fashion. Lisa's mother, Ganilla, now 61, says she also did it when Lisa was just a baby. Yes, we were doing it back then as well. It was important for her to get fresh air and stay healthy. And Lisa's father, Peter, was put outside by his mother to sleep in a pram in the 1950s. Only when it got to around negative 10 degrees did she bring him indoors. The theory behind outdoor napping is that children exposed to fresh air, whether in summer or the depths of winter, are less likely to catch coughs and colds. Many parents also believe their children sleep better and for longer in the open. 
I think it's um it's funny because obviously it, it it's fine and it works. Yeah. But I, I'd be scared shitless of doing that. I mean, just sleeping outside myself for two hours mm. in the freezing. Yeah. I don't think I'd wake up again. No, not a man of your age. <laughs> but babies are resilient. <laughs> That's true. People I've, your age, are, I don't know, a, a draft could kill you. Yeah, that is a very good point. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're old, Matt. Oh, sorry. Yes. <laughs> Dave, I, are you done? That Matt yeah. was reading that for four hours. I, yeah. was, I was keeping. I wrote more than I thought I needed. Right? Yeah, but smart. I, th- I thought um, Dave was still gone. All right. No, sorry. I put mine in about fifteen minutes ago. <laughs> and then what were you doing? Just answering emails or something? Were you? Yes. <laughs> All right. Here is question number six. <laughs> What controversy did the Swansea City mascot, Cyril the Swan, and Millwall mascot, Zampa the Lion, get up to during their team's match on Feb the 11th, 2001? Please read mine properly. Okay. I'll read them all properly. No, but read mine with the intended tone. Okay. You'll know. So option one, they got so drunk together before the game that they were passed out on the sidelines by halftime. Option two, the two mascots agreed to a choreographed fight, but Zampa the Lion accidentally knocked out Cyril, who was carried off in two stretches tied together. <laughs> they were caught shagging in costume by the broadcaster's cameras. <laughs> a Millwall fan secretly got in the Zampa the Lion costume with the intention of fighting Cyril. When Cyril realised what was happening, he punched the lion's head off and drop-kicked it into the crowd. <laughs> or... <laughs> drop-kicked it. Or they fucked. <laughs> it came out. We all thought they were going to fuck. We all thought they were going to fuck. <laughs> yeah, what two of the five options are they fucked. Yeah. It's just written differently. Some better than others. Mm. Some with a little more, I don't know. How do you say? Je ne sais quoi. So they got drunk. They did a choreographed uh, fight, but one got knocked out, mm-hmm. shagged, and got caught on camera. What was the fourth one? There was an imposter lion oh, that yep. came out and when the swan realised he knocked the head off and oh, kicked it into the crowd. That's pretty good. Or they fucked. Mm. Now, one of them getting injured, would that be controversy? Mm, interesting. Know what I mean? Yeah. Like it might be noteworthy. I don't know if it would be controversy. Would people have, you know, strong opinions on it? Yeah, if a choreographed fight went wrong, yeah, maybe. Because I do like that one. Or the shagging one, obviously. That would be really fun. What about the first? Well, that's obviously art mm. right there. <laughs> Dave, what do you want to talk us through the board? I talk us through the board. So two, two are fucking, two are fighting. Mm. One's getting drunk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, do I go with that one or is it so, it's like, that can't be it. Right. Mm. It's got to be a fucking or a drinking. Mm. Or a fighting. Or a fighting. Because well, what are the chances of them both drinking to till they pass out? You yeah, know? Like one might pass out, and they're because they're both wasted. I think I'm going to go for the fight and one getting knocked out. And it's Swansea. The two stretches. Yeah. Where's Millwall? Millwall's in London Town, I think. Okay, okay. So it's not. I think Swansea's in Wales. That's Welsh. Yeah. Uh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> just pick, just pick one. Um, like if you if you're really not sure, then they're all. Equally confusing. Mm. Okay. I mean, you can rule one out, can't Hopefully. you? Hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> my own one. That's right. And you can rule out another one maybe. Right, because it's not fucking or fighting. That's right. So I'll rule out drinking. Three left, two fight, <laughs> one fucking. We all want these, the, the lion and the swan to get together. Oh, mm-hmm. 100%. That's I want it to be we want that. Shagging. 
I want to believe so badly they shagged. Please, please tell me, Matt, that in 2001, the camera found them boning. Okay. Tell me, please. All right. Let's if you have to, lie. <laughs> please, Matt, lie to us. Here's who wrote the answers. They got so drunk together before the game, they passed out on the sidelines by half time. That was the house. Oh, okay, yes. So it was either a fucking or a fighting. Yes, that's right. Um, but I did read that it is tradition that the mascots do drink before the game. That's oh, what inspired that. It's tradition. One. Yeah. Okay. That's what the guy who plays Cyril said in an interview. Um, the two mascots agreed to a choreographed fight. This one you selected, Bopper. Yep. But Zelda... Was accidentally knocked out. Dave wrote that one. Well so one done, point Dave. For Dave. Thank you the so du- much. The two stretches tied together is really funny. Because this one costume is so big. Yeah, that's good stuff. <laughs> they fuck. <laughs> that was Jess. Oh. Did I say that one right? Yeah. Okay, great. Nice. Good job. You don't uh, want your, your art to be butchered. That's right. It's like la- last time we did something, I'd, I said my ex-wife and he did it all wrong. Oh, and I, was like, oh. I was like, come on. We do like, you know, rehearsal for a reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they were caught shagging costume by the broadcaster's cameras. That was the house. No, come on. Sometimes you just want to believe. I know. Meaning the correct answer was a Millwall fan secretly got in the Zampa the Lion costume yeah. with the intention of fighting Cyril the Swan. When Cyril realised what was happening after <laughs> Zampa took a few swings at him, uh, he punched the lion's head off and kicked it into the crowd. <laughs> um, nice. That is good. I like that. Yeah. I'm disappointed it Carrie wasn't John that Jones. they were fucking. But, um, You're all disappointed about that, but what can we do? <laughs> yeah. just want more people to make love. <laughs> yeah, I just want a swan on a lion to make sweet, sweet love. It's obviously too much to ask. All right, that means we're up to the final question. Can you believe this? Wow. What are the scores? Is it close? Okay, quick score update. Jess on three. Mm-hmm. House on four. But out in front on five points, it's Dave Warnicky. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. Okay, if that's what we're thinking, fine. It's okay, pig. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so question number seven. We always like to finish with a film synopsis question, and this week is no different. And the question is, what is the synopsis of the 1988 movie Hell Comes to Frogtown? What is the synopsis of the 1988 movie Hell Comes to Frogtown. (laughs) (laughs) While you're writing your answers, (laughs) here is some more information on the mascot Stoush from Medium.com. On February 11th, 2001, Millwall fans considered the Swan a public enemy after previous run-ins. Eddie Don, the man behind the costume this one costume, had been told by the club management to avoid the Millwall fans. Outside, 300 police officers mounted the biggest anti-hooligan operation in Swansea's history, (laughs) seizing weapons that included a steel axe and an item described in the newspaper as a Chinese martial arts rice flail. A stadium officer warned Cyril, keep a low profile and nothing goes wrong. But keeping a low profile is exceedingly difficult for a nine-foot swan. At halftime, when Don was to take spot kicks against the Millwall mascot, Zampa the Lion was nowhere to be seen. Then the sea of South London has parted. It's the Millwall fans, I guess. And out he marched straight from the stands. This was usual. Don typically met the rival mascot before each match. We have a chat, have a beer and a half. That's what mascots do, he said. They'd put someone in the costume to fill me in, though. 
to beat me up. Then Don heard a Millwall hooligan shout, Rip his head off, Zampa! As Cyril stomped onto the field from his position in front of the Swansea fans, a hush fell. Swan and Lion were now standing beak to snout in the centre circle. Zampa was six feet tall and heavy set, his face permanently frozen in a shit-eating grin. <laughs> What's going on then? Don shouted his colleague. But the man inside Zampa gave no reply. Instead, he threw a jab at Cyril. Here we go then, thought Don. I'm looking up in the stadium control room and I'm saying to myself, Eddie, behave. I'm the groundsman. It's my life. So I guess this is, he's a groundsman nine to five and then on weekends he's the swan. But Zampa kept swinging. Then he reached to pull off Cyril's head. A serious no-no. <laughs> <laughs> That's when it went too far. Don's response was swift. I gave him an uppercut, he says. The crowd roared. Thousands of people cheering on as this rumble in a cartoonish jungle took off. His head came off in my hands, Don recalled. So Cyril clomped off the field and drop kicked it into the Millwall stand. The headless lion limped away. Don't fuck with the swans, Don shouted after him. <laughs> wow. Police officers dashed onto the field. I just ran straight down the pitch down the tunnel, Don says. Two officers were right behind him. Cyril skidded around the corner and slipped into a dressing room. The policeman hammered on the door shouting, Where's that bird? Where's the mascot? We need him out here. <laughs> Don shimmied out of the costume and calmly walked out another door. The police found the Cyril costume in a pile on the floor. He got away for now, but not for long and ended up with a thousand pound fine. <laughs> wow. All that for a thousand pounds. Worth it. Worth every pound. Penny. Yeah, it feels, it's, it feels very sort of pantomime-y. Yeah. Knocking off, like the big no-no is taking the head off. Yeah. So he knocks the head off. He's behind you. Uh, all right. It looks like the answers are in. Holy moly. Here we go. So the question, the final question, number seven. What is the synopsis of the 1988 movie Hell Comes to Frogtown, which has got to be one of the great movie but titles I've ever one. heard. Incredible. Here are your options. While travelling to a movie premiere, a group of young actors break down in a deserted city and find themselves at the mercy of some flesh-eating frogs. Option two. A 16-year-old boy is accidentally shrunk down to the size of a frog. He must defeat the king of the frogs if he is able to claim... <laughs> the Newton key that will unlock the hell laser that will unshrink him before it's too late. Wow. And did I mention he's running late for prom? Oh, my God, there's so much happening in that one. <laughs> An evil doctor creates a serum that turns people into frogs. He uses it on a college student who is dating his daughter, but the plan goes awry when his daughter's attraction only grows the froggier the boy gets. <laughs> She's a frog fucker. After nuclear war, women now rule the world. Hell is the name of one of their prisoners who must try and stop their mutant frog-like leader. Problem is, Hell has a bomb attached to his genitals. Or <laughs> Joseph Hell, a dentist, moves to Frogtown, a small close-knit town with a mysterious secret. Okay. Okay. Joseph Hell. <laughs> Joseph Hell. What's he do? He's a dentist. Okay. I mean, that, that one almost could have gone under the radar, Jess. <laughs> <laughs> what could have? We hadn't laughed at the wrong time there. Um. <laughs> I laughed at a dentist. <laughs> thought that was funny. That's a beautiful little detail. Joseph Hell, a dentist. A dentist. Welcome to Hell's Dentistry. That's pretty good, Joseph Hell. speaking. I mean, going to the dentist is hell for me. So you had the actors who found themselves in a battle with flesh-eating frogs. Yep. 
a 16-year-old boy who was shrunk down to the size of a frog. Uh, you had a doctor who created a serum and uh, his daughter fell in love with the frog man. Uh, you had a post-nuclear world where women rule the world um, and hell is one of the prisoners with a bomb. Or uh, Joseph Hell moving to Frogtown, a small town with a mysterious secret. But what does he do? Uh, he's a dentist. <laughs> That's it. You can't see his face the whole movie. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to say the women ruling the world one. Women rule the world for Bob. Locked in. And what about you, David? What was the one before that? Number one, three? The one where the daughter oh, gets yeah. attracted to the frog. God, boy. I love that. That is good. I really want it's. I reckon that one or the first one. It's either like a pretty basic one, like your teens have to battle frogs, or this woman falls in love with the frog boy. Yep. Which way you want to go? Locking frog boy. Frog boy. <laughs> Come on, frog boy. Come on, frog boy. Come on, frog boy. Frog boy two, kings of Mykonos. It all comes down to this, and uh, the scores are close. Ooh. Everyone's within two points of. So all I need is to get it right and to have Dave choose mine. Yes. Easy. Oh, okay. This one did make me laugh a lot, so could we just... All right, let's go through who wrote the answers. While travelling to a movie premiere, a group of young actors break down in a deserted city and find themselves at the mercy of some flesh-eating frogs. That was The House. The House. Yeah, I could see that being like an 80s horror movie. Yeah. Though. Well done. A 16-year-old boy is accidentally shrunk down to the size of a frog. He must defeat the king of the frogs if he's able to claim <laughs> the Newton key will unlock the hell laser that will unshrink him before it's too late. Did I mention he's running late for prom? That was Dave Warnicke. <laughs> That's right. I just kept typing until this box filled up. <laughs> uh, Joseph Hell, a dentist, moves to Frogtown, a small close-knit town with a mysterious secret. That was just Bob Perkins. <laughs> really? A dentist. You thought that was so funny. <laughs> I don't know why I found a dentist funny, but I did. That means one of you is correct. Is it me? Is it me? But, Matt, is it me? Let's find Who out. Who is it? Say me if one of us Which is Which one correct. of us is right? An evil doctor creates a serum that turns people into frogs and then the the daughter gets attracted to the frog boy. That was the house. Oh, Meaning well. Jess is correct. After a nuclear yes. war, women now rule the world. Hell is the name of one of their prisoners who must try and stop their mutant frog-like leader. Problem is, hell has a bomb attached to his genitals. Yes, I did it. Well, well done. I got one right. I would rather watch the house's movie though, and I don't usually give the house praise, <laughs> but I would like to see a woman falling in love with Frog Boy. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Frog fucker. Frog fucker. <laughs> oh no, my daughter's a frog fucker. I should, oh, no. Did I say that? That question came from Cheryl Dean from Huntington in the UK. Well done, Cheryl Dean. Good and stuff, uh, Cheryl. that that one that you went with, Dave, that was a, a combination writing effort between me and Cheryl Dean. Oh, so you're getting a co-credit on that one? Yeah. She, hers was more believable. I added the, uh, <laughs> I added that um, the attraction only grew. Um, all right. <laughs> so uh, final score check on four points, Jess Perkins on five points, Dave Warnicky also on five points. The house. It's a tie. Well done, everyone. Wow. No losers. Well, feels like feels like there is a loser. Who? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, <laughs> yeah, no losers here. Uh, do you want to know how Hell Comes to Frogtown scored on Rotten Tomatoes? Any guesses what the what the percentage might Whoa. be on the splatometer there? 100? <laughs> oh, all right. 95. It's a little lower. 92. But it's not that much lower. 84. Uh, excuse me? 89. <laughs> it's a little lower. 85. Still lower. 
81? Lower again. 74. Keep going. Okay. 62. A little more, please. A <laughs> little more? A little less. 56. Yes. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> I got that? it, Dave. How do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit out some of that and you will look like a genius. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll give, you, I'll give it to you clean so you're just going to... I'm going to guess 56%. Yeah, that's right. Hell yeah. And 47% from audiences. I'll give you a short excerpt from a positive review and one from a negative review. Ed Travis writes, Hell Comes to Frogtown will win you over with its charm, its knowing sense of humor, and its genre roots. And most of all, its secret weapon, the eternally lovable Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, the wrestler. Yeah. So that was the positive one. Uh, This one comes from Jonathan R. Perry, who writes... If you rent a film with this title, you deserve whatever you get. Utter crapola. Oh, wow. Probably crapola. Well, and it also stars Rory Calhoun. Oh. See that? Who, who, Mr. Mr. Burns, Burns references. Yeah. Oh. It's a young Rory like Calhoun. Rory Calhoun. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I never, knew, I never know what that means, but well, I still love it. Uh, he's an actor, apparently. Very funny stuff. Uh, well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Jess, where can people find you? Um, they can find me at Jess Perkins on Instagram. Just ticked over 14,000 followers. Grateful Whoa. for every single one of Holy them except moly. one. Oh. And they know who they are. And oh. you can find me on the Do Go On podcast mm. where myself and two acquaintances um, tell little stories and have a bit of fun. Neither of you are looking at me. Okay, I do still exist. I, <laughs> oh, oh, I made me anxious. You're still here. Thank you. I just realised we had two frog-related questions this week. Do we? Dave, where can people find you? Uh, People can find me on Instagram, unfollowing Jess Perkins to knock her down to size 13,999. No, you leaving will hurt me in no way. Well, I'm going to... You're the one that I... drop you below 14K. You can't do that. Like, like I'm not just on 14. How many are you on? I'll have a look for you. Give me the exact number. I'm I'm going to. I'll get in the group chat. I'll Go get on in then. the. I'll, yeah. I'll get it. how many people we need. Matt, okay. Are you willing to unfollow Jess? Uh, I like her stuff. <coughs> okay. So uh, it's uh, fourteen thousand and twenty-eight. Dave, you're gonna need to recruit some friends. Twenty-nine. All right. Well, as you know, I don't have any, so that will be difficult. <laughs> All right. Fine. I'll still I'll stay following you, out of spite. Thank you. Keep um, your enemies close. Yeah, that's right. And um. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave and Jess. I really have appreciated your time here today. So much fun. Uh, remember when Jess made one of those characters a dentist? <laughs> I'll be thinking about that tonight. Joseph Hell, a dentist. <laughs> Uh, if you like the show, please tell your friends. Maybe give it a five-star review. That would be nice if you want to. No pressure. Uh, and, yeah, let people know who might enjoy it. And thanks for joining us. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs> ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. <laughs> 